0: Hello, my name is Ken Titmus, and for the last 30 years I've run my own consulting and education business, Kent Outsourcing Services, out of Cape Town in South Africa, mainly concentrating on operations and supply chain management. My activities have not only restricted me to South Africa, but I have completed many assignments in the rest of Africa, the Middle East, Europe, America, India, Australia and Singapore. For nearly three decades, working with my clients, I've educated and assisted them in implementing the traditional manufacturing planning and control systems incorporating executive sales and operations planning, master production scheduling, materials requirements planning, and production activity control. These systems were conceived in the 1950s, codified in the 60s, and commercialized in the 1970s. And we're designed for a totally different world from that in which we live and work today. a world in which the landline, telephone and the post office were our only support technology. how things have changed. My first planning system implementations in the late '80s were pretty successful, but as the world has become more global and VUCA, that's volatile, uncertain, complex and ambiguous, the success rate has been diminishing. The prime focus was on improving forecast accuracy to get a better demand signal with which to plan. <clears throat> with supply chain and product proliferation and complexities, as well as longer lead times in the world today, it has become more difficult and virtually impossible to improve forecast accuracy to better than 70% of the SKU levels, if you're lucky. So our traditional planning has been based on inaccurate information and hence this has resulted in no improvements in on-time, in-full delivery performance. We have out-of-stocks, we have back-orders, we have too much of the wrong inventory and not enough of the right. We know for a fact that the three rules of forecasts are that they are wrong, the further out into the future the more wrong they are, and the more detailed the less accurate. In 2011, Carol Patak and Chad Smith edited and updated the third edition of Orlick's MRP book, which has been the prime planning text since 1975. In this edition, they first documented the new demand-driven MRP principles that uses accurate actual orders or demand to trigger replenishment of raw materials, finished goods, and distribution inventory buffers. Early adopters of this methodology have gained tremendous advantages in reduced inventories, greater service levels, and shorter lead times by using this methodology. In the last eight years, this methodology has been adopted by many small companies and large corporations globally, with equally impressive results on six continents and in all categories of manufacturing and distribution inventories. There is no doubt that the next five to ten years, this planning and execution methodology will be adopted by pretty well every business globally. The time to get in is now, to gain a benefit over your competitors, as opposed to playing catch-up in the years to come. As we will discuss later in the podcast series, there are five components of DDMLP, namely 1. Strategic Inventory Positioning 2 buffer profiles, and buffer sizing. Three, dynamic adjustment of the buffers. Four, demand-driven planning. And then five, demand-driven execution. It's interesting to note that this DDMOP methodology, compared to the traditional way of planning our businesses, includes both planning and execution, whereas with traditional planning, there's no integrated execution ability. We will concentrate the next five podcasts on these five components of DDM but initially in this podcast, let us, let us examine why it's important to consider this new technique for planning. So, why should we change from traditional way of planning our businesses? Well, firstly, we have to acknowledge we have a problem, and we believe there are three pieces of evidence to establish this. Number one. We have figures for the return of investment of publicly traded manufacturing companies that indicate that since the introduction of traditional MOP in the 1970s, their return on investment has diminished from around 4% to about 1% today, despite the introduction of manufacturing resource planning, enterprise resource planning, and advanced planning systems, all of which promised an improvement in business, but seemingly have not delivered. Number two, although we spend millions of dollars on integrated planning systems, we find the majority of day-to-day planning ends up on a spreadsheet, as users battle to get their systems to perform for them. These spreadsheets are very personal to the user, not scalable, and are often error prone as they are not generally audited in any way. Number three, lastly, there is the bimodal distribution of inventory in the system. In other words, we end up with too much of the wrong stuff and too little of the right, causing late and missed deliveries. We end up spending more money on inventory investment by trying to buffer our poor planning with large levels of safety stock. So the bottom line effect is chronic shortages, excessive inventories, and high expedite costs as well as waste. So what is the major reason for these poor results? Well, the first law of supply chain management is that all benefits in the supply chain will be directly related to the speed of flow of relevant information and relevant materials. But what are these benefits? Well, number one, increased levels of customer service. Two, increased turnover and hence revenue. Number three, better quality through smaller lot sizes and better flow. Number four, reduced levels of the right inventory. Number five, we find unnecessary expenses will be reduced. And ultimately, number six, all important cash flow will improve. So why can't we achieve these benefits with our current systems? Well, we normally start our planning with a distortion to relevant information flowing up the supply chain by using inaccurate forecasts to plan materials. This results in a distortion to the relevant materials flowing down the supply chain, so the right materials are not available at the right time. Therefore, in our planning systems, we are using signals with known error. Often, MRP planning systems are only run once a week, so out-of-date information is used for planning. In addition to simplify the planning process, we have oversimplified our bills and materials. With weekly planning buckets and flattened bills and materials, we have a lot of nervousness in the system, as adjustments are made when the true demand is known compared to the planned forecasted demand. So. With everything having to be dependent in the supply chain, variance, uh, supply variance transfer causes supply delays in the MLP plans never properly synchronized. This results in the bimodal inventory distribution in which an SKU can quickly move from a position of having too much to having too little. This then breaches the safety stock level, which requires an immediate replenishment of stock, resulting in the end item ending up being in a situation of having too much again. The overall result is the bullwhip effect, caused by sending distortions to relevant information up the supply chain, resulting in a distortion to relevant materials flowing down the supply chain. We have known about these bullwhips for decades, but have not really had a solution to stopping them until now. The solution is decoupling the supply chain by inserting points of independence in the dependent supply chain. These decoupling points stop dead the transference of variability of information and materials up and down the supply chain. Variability is the number one enemy of relevant flow. In the supply chain and is stopped at these decoupling points. The positioning of these decoupling points is a strategic decision and it will be covered in the next podcast as the first component of the DDMLP process. In essence DDMLP is about strategically positioning inventory buffers in the correct locations in the supply chain, protecting these buffered positions with the right levels of inventory. Dynamically adjusting these buffers as changes in demand are detected, pulling the demand from these positions, and then adapting the positions to the continuously changing supply chain environment, all in real time. For more information on this methodology, we recommend you read the third edition of Demand-Driven Materials Requirements Planning, authored by Carol Patak and Chad Smith. In addition, try and attend a two-day demand-driven planner course, either in a classroom environment or using the online webinar series from the Demand-Driven Institute. After attending this course, you will have sufficient information to go back to your place of work and apply these principles to a small selection of SKUs to see how it can work for, for you. From here, you can then plan a full implementation. For more information, you can access www.demanddriveninstitute.com or or you can contact me on K That's K T I T M U S at mweb.co.za.